Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello and welcome back to the Security Token Show. It's another week with another great episode lined up. We've got the latest and greatest in the industry news, all things security tokens, all the latest offerings that have come out, and of course, the latest activity in the secondary market with a quick dive into the metaverse. And our main topic this week is going to be all about tokenized venture capital funds. And of course, we can't do this show without first thanking our sponsors. And this week, we're going to give that shout out to Vertalo. Vertalo actually put on a heck of a conference in Austin just recently. We've got some great footage, some great coverage on it. And we were even there the previous year. This is now turning into one of the biggest security token industry conferences, of course, by one of the leading uh, security token issuance platforms in the space, one of the leading transfer agents, Vertalo. Thank you for making this show possible. Shout out to Vertalo, and let's get into our top five. And kicking off our top five news headlines for the week, we have number one, ADDX or ADX, Ad Value Exchange, as they told me in person last week in New York City. They have a $58 million pre-Series B. I'm not sure what the pre means because that is quite a heck of a fundraise. This is backed by the Thai Stock Exchange, the Singapore Bank UOB, Thailand's third largest bank as well as many others that are getting involved in this round. And this is up to $120 million in total fundraising for ADEX based in Singapore. They are a tokenized stock and and security token exchange. So they're providing transfer services for funds and for debt products, as well as many other things. So shout out to ADEX for doing some amazing stuff. Congratulations to them. That's a monster round. Excited to see what they're going to use that to continue to scale up at least the Singapore and actually I'm probably sure all of Asia's Mm -hmm. security token industry. Uh, Moving on, we've got JPM, one of America's biggest banks. They have officially announced that they are now processing uh, new transactions of what we call money market funds that are tokenized, a new application on their Onyx blockchain that enables you to leverage collateral using those tokenized MMFs, which is pretty cool. It's novel. It's brand new. It's actually been working with BlackRock, which is a major, major real estate platform, a major private equity firm uh, that has actually now gone ahead and launched this application with JPM on the Onyx blockchain. And that's coming off the heels of something we announced recently in last week's episode, which is that they have, on this very same blockchain, transacted over $300 billion in repo agreement transactions. Again, all facilitated on the Onyx blockchain. Great stuff, JPM. And moving into number three, we have Nemesis launching a $500 million venture capital fund tokenized via Securitize. This is going to be launching in 2023 in Q1, and they are launching a fund specifically focused on emerging tech. We've got renewable energies, robotics, biomedicine, supply chain advancements, and cybersecurity. They are deploying a $500 million fund that is tokenized. This is huge news. This is another great security token that will be coming to market soon. 
need that kind of scratch for those industries that they're going after. Awesome stuff. The largest tokenized venture capital fund as we know to date. Uh, we're going to cover more of that in the main topic. Next up, we've got actually the Union Bank of the Philippines also announcing new tokenized bonds. And for those of you who don't know, actually the UBP, they have been doing quite some innovation in the crypto space, the blockchain space. In 2018, they launched a stable coin themselves. Uh, and now... Minimum $19 million bonds. We're going to learn more about that over with Megan on her STO update section. But there are now digital peso bonds available through UBP, and that's a huge, huge update. And to close out our top five, we have an update from Ripple. As you know, Ripple has been in the lawsuit with the SEC, whether they sold an unregistered security or not in selling their XRP token and transacting with it across multiple years. This has been a back and forth dogfight. 15 months. And now Ripple has added an extra layer of complexity in saying not only did they not sell an unregistered security, not only is XRP not a security, but they go so far as to say that they're considering issuing a security via an IPO that they're planning to do for Ripple Labs hopefully post-lawsuit. So A, this makes it seem like they're very confident this lawsuit will be finished sometime soon. Maybe that's just pressure coming from their side. And of course, it adds to that layer of complexity where they're saying, no, we didn't do a security there, but we're doing a security here. We've talked about this quite a bit in the past. This is just a funny new development in the story. Let's see where that one goes. We called it the case of the year and now running two years in a row. So definitely, I think we're all eager to see some kind of a resolution here. And that's not through tough times. In the last 30 days, XRP is down over 40%. Uh, so definitely, I think we would love to see an update there. But with that, we're gonna get into the rest of the industry news with John Pittman. Thanks for handing off, fellas. Like they said, my name is John Pittman, and yes, I am here with your industry news. To get you started, we have Invenium and Rialto Markets announcing last week that Invenium has made a capital investment in Rialto Markets. To give a quick description of each, we have Invenium, who serves as the operating system for private market data that drives price discovery and automated waterfall calculations. And you have Rialto Markets, who operate a fully functional ATS. And you also have Tokeny, who's actually another player you may have heard in the same ecosystem. Well, but the integ integration of Rialto into this Invenium ecosystem will result in Rialto incorporating various components of digital security data and real-time market data, thereby delivering transparency and trust for market participants. Pat O'Meara, founder and the CEO of Invenium, commented on the partnership saying that the agreement with Rialto and Invenium is an incredible advancement towards building that fully functioning ecosystem. Also coming up, we have Big Bank, a crypto asset exchange operator, and Sumi Trust Holdings having signed a memorandum of understanding with the purpose to establish Japan Digital Asset Trust Preparatory Company, otherwise known as JDAT. JDAT will be a preparatory company for the purpose of establishing a trust company specializing in digital assets. This memorandum combines both the know-how of digital asset storage management systems of BitBank and the know-how of trust business as of Sumi Trust Holdings, which is a specialized trust bank group. So last week, the Fed's Vice Chair, Leal Brainerd, gave testimony before the Committee on Financial Services of the U.S. House of Representatives. During the speech, she expressed in detail her views on physical currency, CBDCs, stable coins. And in it, she highlighted the advantage of physical currency, but also that the share of U.S. payments made in cash had dropped 11 percent over the past five years. Because of this drop, Brainerd believes this warrants considerations for meaningful options on how to preserve public access to safe central bank money. Moreover, she believes that the extensive usage of private money in the form of either stable coins or cryptocurrencies could lead to the fragmentation of the U.S. payment system into so-called walled gardens. But she has a compromise which involves CBDCs coexisting alongside stable coins and commercial bank money by providing safe central bank liability in the digital financial ecosystem. 
much like cash currently coexists with commercial bank money. And lastly, we have Mercado Bitcoin, largest cryptocurrency exchange in Brazil, announcing a partnership with the Stellar Development Foundation to launch Brazil CBDCs. Right now, the launch is planned for the second half of 2022, and this makes Brazil the latest country to seek the cooperation of cryptocurrency companies to develop its CBDC. Then you have Ripple, a major competitor of Stellar, joined the Digital Pound Foundation last year. The Digital Pound Foundation is a nonprofit organization focused on developing a CBDC for England. But that's it for me on the Meg with the STO updates. I'll catch you guys on the other side of the blockchain. Good morning, tokenizers. We have some great updates in the offering space this week, kicking us off. With more projects coming out of the private equity space, I wanted to give a special shout out to ADDX, the blockchain-based securities exchange, on their $58 million pre-series B round and $120 million raise to date. This is huge for the democratization of private markets and exciting for the industry as a whole. Okay, let's get into the STOs. Masterbeat Corporation's SBQ Holdings LLC is planning to launch a real estate token that is backed by multifamily developments. SBQ Holdings LLC is a company specializing in hard, tangible asset acquisitions with a focus on real estate, classic automobiles, and other tangible assets. Masterbeat Corporation is a publicly traded company with a progressive approach to an old-school model, especially in this market where assets will not only offer long-term capital appreciation, but also deliver revenues, profits, and self-sustainability. They have announced that they will launch a real estate token to fund multifamily developments. The company is currently evaluating qualified potential building sites to develop its initial 300-unit multifamily asset, which will have the potential to generate up to $100 million in revenue and sales. SBQ will develop a tokenization platform that supports ongoing corporate management of the corporate real estate asset, as well as trading via the OTC marketplace. You can find out more at masterbeatcorp.com or find the full article on Streets Insider from Masterbeat Corporation. <clears throat> Next up, we have news from Bricken. They are introducing an innovative model to tokenize company stock. Bricken is a tokenization solution company that utilizes blockchain technology to bring companies on chain, and they have unlocked the economic potential of tokenizing corporate stock on the blockchain. After a successful $2 million pr private token presale, Bricken now provides a platform and toolbox for businesses to convert their traditional assets onto the Ethereum blockchain. For business owners, fundraising and asset management can be challenging, especially at the startup level. In the niche of venture capital and crowdfunding, it is difficult for startups to secure funding through conventional methods. Using its native BKN token and decentralized application set to launch in 2022, Bricken equips businesses with the tools required for issu issuing their own utility and security tokens. This will help them raise funds and digitize company ownership. Bricken's decentralized app also provides the infrastructure for centralized businesses to transition into self-sufficient decentralized autonomous organizations or a DAO. You can learn more about Bricken's offering at Morning Tick or on their website. Next up, we have Nemesis. They are leveraging Securitize for one of the largest VC fund tokenization projects ever. Nemesis announced the launch of a $500 million fund. It is predicted for this fund to become one of the world's largest VC funds that's tokenized by 2023. They also aim to invest in robotics, cybersecurity, clean energy, carbon capture technologies, biomedicine, and a digitized supply chain. Securitize is the digital transfer agent, and for more information, you can head over to nemesistech.vc or read the full write-up on Capital Quest. 
That is all this week, tokenizers. Now let's send it over to Jonah for some market updates. Now let's move into our secondary market trading segment. As always, all news and pricing data is sourced from stomarket.com. Hello and happy Monday. The security token market cap is closed flat on the week to just under $16.5 billion. Strongly mirroring the price action of Inegra Group and Dignity Gold, it takes extraordinary moves from other names either prop or drop the market by any considerable amount. Interestingly, during the past month, trading security tokens have mirrored the moves of the overall equity market, except with a laggard effect. It seems to respond to market movements rather than anticipating. Many players in the field are waiting for big banks to storm into security token market and monitor how it will affect things. Well, JP Morgan is doing just that. While they have Project Bloom, which connects companies with investors, they are actively experimenting with blockchain technology for their trading and lending platform. They recently started using blockchain for collateral settlements, allowing investors to pledge a wider variety of assets as collateral and use them outside market hours. Over time, it's blockchain that could potentially be a bridge that connects institutional investors with decentralized finance platforms. With Goldman Sachs and BlackRock already working on the tokenization of assets, seeing some of their products being tracked at stlmarket.com is absolutely imminent. The question is, will Project Bloom be connections utilize blockchain technology and tokenize the company's shares? Or will Blackstone start tokenizing the real estate? It is clear that all of this will come in time. Security tokens are imminent and seeing them trade on stlmarket.com is absolutely guaranteed. Have an amazing rest of the week, everyone. Wakey, wakey. Welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Gogh. The NFL is tapping into crypto by partnering up with Mythical Games to launch a play-to-earn mobile game called NFL Rivals. The game will be a general manager simulator where users will be able to build their own games that will also be tradable as NFTs. Super cool if you ask me. And next, we have Microsoft revealed that Kawasaki is now one of their company's newest industrial metaverse customers. What does this product mean? Well, nothing short of super cool futuristic stuff, aka a virtual factory where workers can wear HoloLens headsets ramped up to ramp up production and manage supply chains. However, Kawasaki plans to use this to build robots. How awesome. Moving forward, the largest land deal in the metaverse was announced and it's coming in at $5 million and by Curzio Research in partnership with TCG World. Curzio Research plans on building its headquarters in the Asia region of TCG World right next to Wall Street Bets, where the Curzio VIP members can meet with other investors, attend live events and educational seminars and conferences. Moving forward, Dubai is doing a deep dive inside the metaverse with their higher committee, you know, developing its metaverse strategy. And they say it will make them become a key player in the virtual world. They're going to start off by implementing new metaverse tech that they say will improve performance of resident surgeons by 230%, increase productivity of engineers by 30%, while also adding 42,000 jobs. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Gogh. To our whole newscast for the latest and greatest in security token updates in the metaverse. Now, Kyle, I think we can get into one of our favorite sections of the show, mm-hmm. Companies of the Week. We each pick a company that we thought was making the biggest moves in the space last week. Uh, Kyle, I'm dying to know episode 143. Or is it 142? 142. Oh. And so episode 142, my company of the week, 
is Renewablox. Renewablox is doing Bitcoin mining, selling a security token for their mining farm. This is led by Jake Menard, who I've spoken with a few times on Twitter Spaces and seen what he's been up to. And really happy to see this product coming to market with the success of the Blockstream Mining Note, which is doing something similar and how amazing that's been. Jake is doing something similar with his BTC mining farm and his relationships there. They have officially minted the security tokens on the Ravencoin blockchain and their their public sale details are coming soon regarding how investors can get access. So he has successfully created and minted those tokens and he will be exploring a sale via security sometime soon. So shout out to the team there and Renewa Blocks for doing some cool stuff with security tokens and the Ravencoin blockchain. Gotta love that. A win for Ravencoin and a win for Bitcoin in a way. The mining community, a whole nice combination. Congratulations to Renewablox. Great How choice. about you? Well, I actually got to give it to a company uh, out of Germany called CM Equity. Uh, and CM Equity, you may know actually in the past, we've discussed them because they are the private equity firm that powers actually FTX's as well as Bitrex's tokenized stocks platform. So the ability to actually, for at least international investors, trade tokenized version of, say, Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, Grayscale, whatever it may be that's available, they can now do it through FTX thanks to CM Equity. A lot of interest around that, but most recently, they actually announced that they are the first European Union member to join the Swiss International Exchange's CSD platform, which means that this is a big, big deal. Uh, this means that SIX is finally moving forward with taking outside partners out of Switzerland. Uh, and actually, as a result of this relationship, they're now going to be able to access eNotes, uh, which are, of course, powered on the blockchain and available through SIX and uh, powered by uh, CM Equity. So gotta love that. CM Equity is doing amazing things, bridging the gap between traditional finance and the tokenized world. Shout out to them. Keep an eye on them, folks. And with that, let's get into our main topic. So today for the main topic, we're going to be talking about a specific structure financially that we can break down for tokenization, and that is venture capital funds and investment funds into early stage opportunities. And so first off, Herwig, you are here our our structuring expert, and I want to potentially give you the floor to talk a little bit about the structure of a venture capital fund. What are they trying to accomplish? How is it set up from an investor and manager perspective? What does that all look like? I would be happy to. I'm going to assume that you have never heard of a venture capital fund, and that's actually a good thing. In this case, venture capital has always been actually a very difficult asset class to invest in. It's just like if you were to invest in, say, mutual funds or private equity funds or hedge funds, venture capital funds are yet another type of fund that specifically focuses, as Kyle said, in early stage private company opportunities, typically meant for scale, usually focused on technology to help businesses grow from small multi-million dollar companies to multi-billion dollar companies, eventually with the goal of them IPOing. And that's the business of venture capital. Typically what they're called general partners that are the lead investors, let's say, that go out and find the right investment opportunities to actually subscribe the fund to. And as a result, they actually are going to help those companies typically, either finding them talent, helping them with business relationships, helping steer their vision to make sure that they can grow those companies, again, through multiple series of capital. That's actually usually referred to as the pre-seed, seed, series A, and then from there you get your series B, series C, series D. And as we saw earlier with uh, 
uh, ADDX, there's the pre-Series B. There's all kinds of terminology that gets made up because venture capital is actually a relatively, it's one of the newest asset classes to exist other than crypto, really. Uh, and it is actually one of the most lucrative. And again, as I mentioned, elusive. So it's not easy for our average regular Sally and Joe to go ahead and invest in a venture capital firm. It's typically reserved for institutions. It's reserved for the biggest and the best investors. If you want to get in on some of the known players like Andreessen Horowitz, if you've heard that name, Sequoia Capital, these big top tier firms that honestly, unless you already know somebody, you're never going to be able to invest in their next, what actually I recently saw Andreessen, one of their biggest funds, four and a half billion dollars. Again, so these investment, these general partners is what they're called, these investors of the fund, they're going to take that, in this case, Andreessen's four and a half billion dollars, and they're going to deploy that into companies. And they're going to then benefit from those companies eventually either exiting, uh, getting meaning getting acquired by another company, and then, of course, IPOing instead and going public. And of course, the venture capital firm, let's just say, has 20, 30% of the company. When those companies exit in that fashion, the returns are then given back to initial investors. And so that's the business of venture capital. And as I mentioned again for the third time, it's not easy to get into. So that's why security tokens are so darn cool because they make it possible for at least accredited investors in many cases, but in many other cases, especially international, the opportunity for people to actually invest directly into venture capital. We actually had a huge announcement that one of the largest tokenized venture capital uh, venture funds has been announced, Nemesis. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about that, Kyle. Sure, yeah. So in summation, basically what happens here is you've got your general partners, your GPs. These are the people that are going to be deploying the capital because they think that they have access to deals. They have an eye for investing in, in early case, companies. Nemesis. Nemesis in this case. Then Nemesis is going to raise money from LPs. These are investors that say, you know what, Nemesis, you do know what's good. And so I'm going to give you some of my money. You're going to return a target return from that and potentially do much better than that. And I get to be hands off. I get to give you money, not worry about it. And you're going to be the one responsible for deploying it. So that's your GP LP structure. The problem is for LPs, traditionally limited partners, right? These are the early investors that don't actually make decisions on the investments. They're just giving the money. It's limited. Limited, exactly. These LPs sometimes get stuck because they're invested in this fund. Let's say you bought a bunch of shares in the fund. You gave them $100,000 and Three, four years later, they're investing. They've deployed a lot of that capital, meaning that they've invested that in a lot of early stage companies. And maybe those companies have returned a, a significant value or they, it's a great portfolio of assets that have been invested by the VC. The problem is the LPs don't really have a great option to get early stage liquidity on that portfolio, right? Maybe the portfolio, you know, the 100,000 that they originally put in, maybe it's worth 300, $500,000 with regards to the actual assets in the portfolio, but they have really no way to realize that until those assets actually reach that final stage that you described of getting the liquidity, whether that's IPOing, whether that's being acquired, things like that. So the first point, um, first valuable opportunity for investing in a tokenized VC fund is that opportunity for LPs to get earlier liquidity. As these portfolios grow in value, that limited partner may be able to realize a two or three X return in a much shorter time frame than you might have to wait to get that 10 times return that would only happen seven to 10 years later. This changes the game. In fact, to date, 
Most venture capital funds, very few, I think, if any, are actually public on the uh, exchanges like NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange. These are traditionally private investment opportunities. Funds that are private tend to have eight to 12 year hold periods in some cases, because again, the startup needs to get nurtured, it needs to grow, and as Kyle pointed out, eventually needs to exit. That takes a long time, and those LPs, they don't see those returns. They see, as Kyle said, they see the growth and the value. That's what we call paper value. They can't take advantage of that, in fact, uh, because of the very way these are structured, but not with a, a security token. In fact, we, of course, take back that control. Now a limited partner says, you know what? I see the paper value. If I can go to the market and see that someone else believes in this, well, then maybe I actually can get out early. I don't have to wait for that liquidity event. I don't have to wait for the venture fund to start doing its distributions once it's a couple years down the line. People are already willing to kind of pay a premium to get in now, and I'm willing to maybe suffer the haircut from, of course, the future value of the, the venture capital fund. And that's a major, major game changer because this enables more people to potentially invest. Uh, it potentially enables a more stable and secure asset class because now you can form values and, and signals around these different venture capital funds. And we can increase the base of investors. Typically, you go around and you try to raise a $100 million venture fund, you're asking for $10, $50 million in check sizes to limited partners. Now, with fractionalization, with tokenization, you can enable a larger number of potential limited partners, again, making it easier to raise your fund. And why do I love all of this? Because this is the very business of innovation, Kyle. If so we can get venture capital funds 100%. more funding. That means more startups are getting funding. And we are in, in just directly funding innovation as a result. A hundred percent. I think that that's a, a, a key, key point here is that by making investors more comfortable in investing because they have shorter timeframes with which they are going to realize their returns, they're going to be more comfortable in exactly. deploying more capital and growing more businesses. So that's valuable for the LPs. And that's probably the extent, at least in the details that we've seen in this report, of what Nemesis is going to be doing with regards to blockchain, right? This is going to be leveraging tokenization for their existing investors and allowing them to build a market behind it. But there are some other fun applications of blockchain that can be leveraged by a venture capital fund Absolutely. that I think we should dive into as well. Starting with the GP. So if you're a general partner, you're going to have a lot of administrative things that happen as you're deploying capital. And so potentially being able to leverage blockchain and specifically smart contracts to automate this process can tremendously benefit an investor. So there are some terms here that I've noted that I think are, are important. And maybe this is where we can go back to you to, to give us a breakdown because I think you did it such a great, you do such a great job with this. Let's talk about waterfall structures as well as capital calls and what those are and how those could be benefited by blockchain. Yeah, in fact, blockchain changes things up dramatically because we can actually change the paradigm for how venture capital funds operate. Typically, uh, what happens, let's start with the capital call, is people end up subscribing to a fund, they get their allocation, but out of the convenience for the limited partner, in some cases, they don't actually need to give the money until the GP actually recognizes an investment opportunity and says, hey, I need $5 million to put into this company. With a security token offering coming to the world stage, you could actually raise your money for the fund upfront, having the ability to deploy it as necessary when you need it, and you're not reliant on these capital call mechanics waiting for you to invest mm. one by one. 
Now, if you still want to maintain that dynamic for your LPs, of course, the blockchain makes it easier because at least you can, one, record the transaction on chain. We now know this investor allocated the, the correct amount. We know that there's potentially procedures we can put into place that if they don't do it by a certain date, certain hidden certain capital calls, uh, there are potentially repercussions or there's escrow solutions that could be put into place so that a smart contract can be triggered to automatically commit to the capital call as necessary so that, again, the GP can use that money. On the waterfall side, this is what was referred to when we have our exit scenario. When we're actually doing a distribution, there is what they call a waterfall because the money gets exited out from the, the, the company, the fund making its money. But then the GPs, they get their cut. So that's part of the waterfall. They typically take a percentage uh, of the returns, usually what they call a carry. In many cases in venture capital, the standard is 20%. Uh, and then on top of that, there are different classes. So there could be different structures alongside the, the LPs, and some people might get paid out first. Again, this is complicated administrative work. You got to know who owns what, who's got what rights, and someone is manually figuring all this out. Whereas when this is all managed on the blockchain, a waterfall is a push of a button. Just like a distribution, it's pre-programmed to know how the money should be laid out uh, and waterfall down, if you will. And as a result, we've got a clean accounting trail. And from an administration perspective, from the GP, their life is easy. Totally, totally. And then also the final piece of this, you've got GPs, the ones that are managing the fund. You've got LPs, the one that's invested in the fund, and then you have the underlying asset portfolio itself, which can be benefited from blockchain as well. So when we're talking about this, we're talking about transparent management fees and administrative costs, as we mentioned, and that certainly is takes a cut of the underlying asset portfolio. So investors are going to want to see where those costs are going, where they're where they're coming from, fully transparently. You also have on-chain payments, which drastically reduces those costs, as well as Again, provides a great audit trail of where these, this cash is going, to whom, and, and at what time. You also can have a very transparent portfolio composition of what actual assets are in the underlying portfolio and how those things change over time if there's liquidation or if there's not and as those assets move, which also allows you to have a real-time net asset value calculation. So the way that a venture capital fund would, would calculate its, its average portfolio size or, or the worth or the performance of the fund would be to calculate the NAV. And we've covered this on the show before. Four, but it's certainly been a long time, the NAV, the net asset value, is essentially totaling up all of the underlying assets in the portfolio. Traditionally, this might be done quarterly or monthly or weekly, depending on which fund you're talking about. But with liquid tokens in the portfolio, as well as with blockchain transparency, you can have much more complete and digestible net asset value calculations so that investors can properly evaluate how the fund is performing. All amazing, amazing benefits. And you got to remember, folks, this isn't just Nemesis. This has already been happening. We've got great examples like blockchain capital, Spice VC, tokenized venture capital funds that have been trading, benefiting from liquidity, unlike a majority of all other venture capital funds out there. So there are really cool mechanics that come into place through tokenization. Honestly, I could think of a bunch of different spin-off conversations here about how you can use tokens to now actually trade with startups. 
So there's a lot of cool things we can get into, but for now, hopefully this was a great primer, a great breakdown on what venture capital is and what the tokenized industry looks like. Of course, Kyle and I, we're always here to get your feedback, your questions, your thoughts, your comments. We're available on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on all social medias. And of course, check out stomarket.com for all the latest and greatest information, all the latest news, all the latest trading prices, and everything security tokens that you need to know. Like, comment, share, do what you got to do to get everybody the word and the gospel on security tokens. And we'll talk to you next week. Happy tokenizing.